0: Good morning, friends. Would you all stand with me? Scripture tells us that God ascends amid shouts of joy. Sing praises to his name. Sing praises because he is king and he is on his throne. So we're going to lift up the name of Jesus today and we're going to sing to him with all that we have. Amen. Fall and mighty when you are here when the wind and waves surround me so I will stand in victory there's a you said it was, thank you, that prayer would be enough. Lord, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for us this morning, that your strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. We don't have to try to be stronger. You come in with your Holy Spirit and you empower your people. So Lord, would you empower, would you strengthen your people today? All of us are weak if we're honest, but Lord, you're coming in with strength. You're coming in with power and there's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that is impossible for you, and you wanna do impossible things in this place today. So Lord, we ask, and we seek, and we knock, and we ask for a greater measure of faith today that impossible things would begin to happen all over the place this morning, as we put our hope and we put our trust in you afresh this morning. Lord, we're asking for miracles because we know that you were the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And that means that you are still the God of the impossible. So Lord, would you increase our faith for it this morning? We believe, we trust in you afresh as we sing this together. Amen. Amen.
1: To forget.
2: nothing too difficult for you. And in turn, we can do all things through you who gives us strength. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your house today as we worship you in our preparation of giving together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, bless you, New Life Manitou Springs. It's good to be with you this morning. I have the privilege of knowing a lot of you. But for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lance Coles. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life Church. Uh, and when I say here, I mean our eight congregations now that are all over the Front Range area. And uh, I I can testify today. I can stand up today and testify that God can do anything and that he still is a God of miracles. Because the very church that you're part of is a miracle. I've had the privilege of being a part of the church since its inception in 1985 And I watched God do miracles in the early days of the church. And I love being a part of the services here every time I come to Manitou because as I look around this room, it feels so much like the early days of new life as a whole. And the enemy did not want us to succeed. And he used a lot of people, including some Christians, to discourage us, to say very disparaging things and negative things about us, he used uh, local witch covens and, and and warlocks and and satanists to try and profess negative things over us and curse us. And sometimes we'd arrive at the church and there'd be little demonic things on the on the ground that were, had been burned and little incantations and curses and things. And, and we just decided to ignore those things because our God was the God of miracles. And, and we wouldn't even spend time talking about those things and highlighting them. And we, we know that frustrated the enemy because we would just act like it didn't exist in, the, in public, but we would war in prayer, in private, and we would get together in settings like this and we would agree for God to do what, what God can do, only God can do. But God has chosen to do his work through us, through people, And this morning, as we were gathered together, the group of volunteers that come, we prayed over Ashley Arnold, who's the operations director here, because her mom just passed away, right? Her grandma, I'm so sorry, her grandma. So her grandma is Scott, John Cox's mom. Scott is Ashley's dad. Okay, in the early days of the church... We were just asking people to do what they could do to help, to pray. Scott worked for Dairy, So we had practical needs and very little money and we needed to take offerings just like we're about to do now, but we didn't even have any offering baskets or buckets. So Scott one day went to work and asked his boss if he could have some cottage cheese containers that dairy packaged cottage cheese in so he could bring them to church and we could take offerings in those. And you guys, we used those cottage cheese buckets from the inception of the church up until the pandemic when we stopped taking (laughs) offerings in buckets. (laughs) And so God works through people, right? Ashley's husband, Justin, is on our life safety team. Faithful volunteer. A couple weeks ago, I came here to Manitou because I was working with the landlord on a project that needed to be done for this building. And I walked in, the building was locked. I walked in and Jamie and Karen Kaufman, who are sitting right back here, were in the room below us Volunteering to put together some shelving for the kids' ministry and some things that nobody else would have even known was going on. So God was doing it, but he was doing it through them. And each one of us have something to give, our time, our talents, and all of us have them, no matter what the enemy would say to you today to try to discourage you. Oh, you don't matter. You're not gifted like the people on the stage or people who teach or people who are well-known. That's a lie. Every one of you have gifts and talents, right? And we've all been entrusted with finances, some some measure. And the scripture encourages us to tithe. Sometimes we can't meet that number. That's okay. Don't be discouraged by whatever you can give. Just be faithful and stay steady with what you can do with your time, your talent, and your treasure. So as we give today, let's reflect on the miracle that New Life Church is. The enemy tried to take this church out many times in the very early days of the church. As many of you know, we encountered a a scandal 16 years ago where the senior leadership was disqualified from leadership. And then shortly after our new pastor, Brady Boyd, came, there was a shooting at our north campus where two sisters were killed. We can't explain all the negative things that happened, but we do know our God is a God of miracles. He is able, but he does what he does through us. So let's rejoice today as we give. There's four ways to give right up here on the screens. You can see how to give today. And let's just believe that God is gonna continue the miraculous work he started in new life almost 40 years ago. Through you, right here in Manitou Springs, you are salt, you are light, you are making a a huge difference. I, for one, am very proud of you, New Life Manitou. I'm honored to be counted among you even this morning and uh, just consider it a joy to rejoice with you as we give together. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the miracle working power that you continue to exhibit in each one of us and through each one of us. Today, Lord, I bless this congregation. Each person here, Lord, pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit. God, to minister. Lord, to convince us of truth because we know the enemy wants to lie and we resist those lies today. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give today for what you've entrusted to us. We're determined to be good stewards. And so we give with thankful hearts Pray that you take what we give today and you use it for your glory, for your honor, God, to reach people like we have been reached. Freely we have received. Freely we give today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.
0: Can you imagine with all of the faith in a room what the Lord can do, what the Lord can do? It's going to
3: happen, just let the way make her through. He's going to move, yeah, He's going to move. Can, can you imagine, imagine with all of the faith, faith in the room, the room what the Lord, Lord can do, what the Lord can do? It's going to happen, just, just let the way, way make her through. He's going to move, yeah, He's, he's going to Let the way make it through.
0: you increase our faith this morning encourage our hearts we love you we worship you it's in your name we pray amen amen at this time the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes please take a moment to greet those around you we'll be right back up here with the word in just a moment thank you
4: Good morning, New Life Man of Two Springs. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Anybody doing good? You, You got an extra hour of sleep. Does anybody enjoy that? Yes, me too. A whole extra hour. It's one of the best Sundays of the year where we get an extra hour. Good to see all of you. My parents are here today, my mom navigated the stairs. Our building is not, this is not an easy building to get up and down those stairs. Good to see you, mom and dad. Ron Duncan, I see you back there out of the hospital. Good to see you here. Tom and Karen, it's been a month since Tom and Karen have been here. Snowstorms, sicknesses. You guys are here. Volunteer of the year, Mark Wolf. I see you right there. Good to see you, Mark Wolfe. Uh, so God bless you. Uh, where should we begin? Uh this week I got to I, I just saw random people in Manitou, and they're like, How you doing? How's the family? How's the church? They know I'm a pastor in a small town. And I got to, I think I got to say this three or four times this week. That I said, Well, on the horizon is a new life Manitou recording. We have written our band, Erica, our worship pastor, and the band have written songs for this house of Manitou, for the city. And we're gonna record those songs in two Tuesdays from now, November 14th. And so I've just, i just, like, there's this thing on the horizon that's gonna celebrate what God has done, what God is doing, and we're gonna make a mark in history and record this album and produce it digitally and have a physical copy of saying, this is what the Lord has done in our midst, amen? Amen to that. So let's jump into the sermon today. We're on a book called First Kings. We've talked about different kings throughout the book of First Kings. And now, the last couple sermons, we're going to talk about this character named Elijah. And we're going to open up the word of God this morning to First Kings chapter 17. You can open there right now. If you want, we'll read it in just a minute. First Kings chapter 17. We're going to look at the story where Elijah... Prays over a boy who has died, and the boy comes back to life. And you're like, who is this character, Elijah? He's like a superman of the Old Testament, he's like this is superhero prophet of the Old Testament. The next story, next week, we're gonna talk about how he called down fire. And this altar, there's all these people gathered. There's, a, there's an altar for the false god, Baal. And there's, a, there's a true altar for Yahweh. And Elijah calls down fire and fire comes down from heaven. And it burns up this altar and everyone's like, wow, the Lord, he is God. Elijah has these like superhero stories in the Old Testament. And yet, Did you know that in the book of James, like fast forward to the New Testament, the book of James is talking about prayer and it says, maybe some of you know this verse because it's a famous verse, it says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do you know that verse? Prayer Prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And then the example is... This is James, chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Elijah was what? Elijah was a man just like any of us. He was a person just like us. Was he a superhero? Was he a superhero prophet? No, he's he's just a person just like any of us. And it says he prayed, there would would be no rain, and there was no rain for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the earth produced rain, and there was a crop. And it's like, wow, this superhero prophet is actually just a person just like us. So we're going to look at him today and this story of God raising a boy from the dead. And so the title of this sermon, if if those of you taking notes, uh, write down the title. If you see someone next to you taking notes, give them a thumbs up. Say, hey, good job. You're taking notes. Good job. The title of this sermon is God will raise the dead to life. We're going to talk about the story of this boy who died. Elijah prays, God raises him to life And then at the end of the sermon, I'm going to talk about what the resurrection is and what that means for us. The title is, God Will Raise the Dead to Life. And it's really, this sermon today is going to be about prayer and how prayer is powerful and effective. So would you stand with me? Let's read 1 Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 17. Here's the story. It jumps in and says, sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. So let me just paint this picture for you. It's a famine. Elijah, the prophet, is at this woman's house. She's a widow. She has a son. She had no food. Actually, she had a little tiny jar. She said she had a handful of flour in a jar, and she was about to make a meal with that handful of flour. She was going to eat that last meal, and then she was going to die. But Elijah says that jar is not going to run out of flour for all of the famine would you make me some bread? And so out of faith, this woman who had nothing but a handful of flour made Elijah a little piece of bread and kept making bread out of this container of flour and it didn't go dry for, the, for however much longer it was of those three and a half years. So that's where we're at. Uh, the, the young son now be, has become ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. Verse 18 says, she said to Elijah, why? What have you done against me, man of God? She's going to blame him. Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? God, I wonder that backstory. Like the, the, her son is now dead. He stopped breathing. And, and she's saying to this prophet, Have you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Verse 19 Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms. So I assume the son is probably less than six years old, small child if a woman is carrying him. Elijah takes him into his arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on his bed. So the scene is this boy's body is laying on Elijah's bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, why have you, Lord my God, have you brought tragedy? He's asking this question. Have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? So he's kind of buying into this idea that God is out to punish them and to hurt them, which, which we know about the love of God. So this, the part of that is not true. Verse 21. Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times. He's desperate. He doesn't just lay hands. He stretches himself out on this boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child. Can you imagine? Carried him down from the room into the house, gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. The woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Let's pray. Christ, you are here. You are in our midst. And Lord, this story shows us that prayer is powerful and effective. Elijah was a person just like us and he prayed. And this miracle came about because of your hand, your sovereignty, your goodness, your mercy upon this story, this boy's life. This story is 3,000 years old almost. But Lord, you are living, you are active, you are the God of miracles. And so Lord, we pray to you now. Be here. May the words of this preacher, may may the meditations of my heart. Lord, may they be holy, pleasing, acceptable as we open the word of God to you. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people. Shouted, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Let's get right into the sermon. Point one is this. Don't be quick to judge, to blame God or God's people for disaster. This widow is very quick to not just blame God, but blame God's profit for this disaster of her losing her child. And I, I assume in this story that she's mad ultimately with who? For, for her son is dead. Who is she ultimately mad at? She's mad at God. And she even says, have you come to remind me of my sin? Like, we don't know that backstory, but, but she's upset. She's very upset. And she, she, she blames Elijah for basically, I mean, if you read it, it's like she's blaming him for taking her son. It's like uh, some of you are going to be guilty of having done this, and it's, it's not a good thing. But has a waitress or a waiter ever brought you your food, and it's like the wrong food, or it's burnt? And you're like, you ask for a, the hamburger. How do you want it cooked? I want it medium. Are you okay with a little bit of pink? Yeah, I'm okay with a little bit of pink. And then it comes out, and it's this burnt, black hockey puck. And what do you do? Who do you get mad at? The poor waitress. Has anybody ever done, have you, anybody waited tables? Anybody at all? Oh, look at all the hands. So you know, like when people are hangry, they don't put up with very much. You like that word, hangry? I, I like that. I've been using it a lot. Hangry, hungry, angry. People, you're, you're mad. Who, 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 who burns your burger? The cook, yeah. Is he there? No, who's there? So who do you let have it? No waitress, I mean, hopefully none of you are guilty of that. But it's like this situation, like, like God, he's, he's mysterious. But who's standing in front of this, this woman? Elijah. So he gets it. Or maybe some of you are guilty of this. Some of you are about to just kind of look down, or some of you are about to like look at your spouse and be like, you did this the other day. But how many of you have been like frustrated with like a corporation? Uh, maybe it's your cell phone provider or your internet provider or an airline or something. You call them up to complain something isn't right. You get somebody on the phone, some customer care representative, and you can't talk to the CEO, you can't talk to the corporation. But you got this guy on the phone, and he's probably from India. He's probably doing really good. At his, you know, and, and you just letting this guy have it because you're mad at the situation, or they overcharged, and they're not going to refund you. Has anybody been there? No? So, so, okay, some of you have been there. It's not You shouldn't be proud of that. But it's just like, it's who's standing in front of you. And this woman is blaming the prophet Elijah because she's ultimately, she's mad at God like and she's questioning if this man even is a prophet. She's questioning like have you come here to remind me of my sin? Here's what it says. First Kings 17:18. She said to Elijah, "What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son?" She's accusing Elijah of killing this like his presence is somehow a curse on her household. Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on the bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you, he's questioning now, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing, he's accusing the Lord of causing her son to die. And there, there, here enters this theological problem of the problem of evil. Have you heard of this problem of evil before? What's the problem? Well, the problem theologically is that God, we would say, is all good. He's, he's also all powerful. So where does evil come from? Is, is he not good and He's letting it happen, or is he, is he not all-powerful? Is he not able to stop tragedies from happening, disasters from happening? That's a big theological problem, and a lot of people wrestle with that in different ways. If you want some uh, a good conversation about that, I would suggest you listen to the sermon from last week. Uh, myself, Jenny Sue, would you wave? Uh, she, her, her and I were up here. I was interviewing her as a sermon. I know it was snowy. Many of you maybe watched it online, but it was a conversation about her life, and she opened up about uh, the trauma she experienced at the age of four, sexual trauma she experienced, and it, it through on to her teenage early, late teenage years. And we talked through, okay, where was God, and, and how was God sovereign and all that? Go back and listen to that sermon. We, we engage, or at least we have a conversation about the problem of evil, but I, what I want you to know here is that God is sovereign. And he is good. And what he attends, intends out of this situation is actually a blessing, a story that will live on for, gosh, almost 3,000 years. God has more in store for us. God has miracles and goodness and love in store for us. And the next point here is, is, a, is a statement, to keep praying. Point number two is to keep praying. Keep praying. You know, this, this phrase, I'll pray for you. It's kind of become, unfortunately, a meaningless statement in our day and age, in the world today. Someone will kind of just in conversation and say, hey, and I'll pray for you. Have you heard that? Have you said that? Hopefully, as Christians, you say that and you mean it. You're going to pray for them. But I hear the phrase all the time. Politicians will just say, oh, our prayers, our thoughts and prayers are with you and and people will just kind of end the conversation with I'll pray for you, maybe not knowing what else to say it's a nice thing to say, but I think in our world today it's kind of lost its meaning, kind of just like our our greeting has lost its meaning. How are you doing i'm doing good, and it's like, well, are you actually doing good and do, do you really want to know how i'm doing it's just kind of it's something we say right unfortunately this phrase i'll pray for you is just something many people just say, and I hope, in fact, I know that, that it's not true amongst us as Christians. If we say we're going to pray for someone, we mean it. I want to remind you today that prayer heals. Amen? I want to remind you today that prayer lifts people from the dead. Amen? I want to remind you that prayer lifts people out of bondage and slavery. Amen? Amen? I wanna remind you that prayer can heal the world, amen? I wanna remind you that prayer can change the city of Manitou, amen? I wanna remind you that prayer can change our lives. Did you know that? Can you say amen to that? if you believe that, Um, prayer heals, raises the dead, releases slaves, provides, changes world's history, changes the city. It changes lives. We pray for people in here. We have prayer meetings every week after the church service on Sunday. Uh, I'll be down here. Uh, We'll have a prayer team down here. We invite you to come and pray. Why? Because prayer is powerful and effective. It is a work. Saying you're gonna pray for someone is not copping out and saying I don't know what else to say. Praying for someone is the work of God and it's important and it's meaningful. Amen. Um I think of this story, the, the desperation we see in Elijah. He brings this boy, he brings this boy's body up to his room, the upper room, and he lays this boy on his bed. And he begins to pray. And he doesn't just, you know, throughout the Bible, we have people laying hands on people. You know, you know that practice, we, we do that in here. We prayed over Ashley uh, this morning and prayed because she had lost her grandma. We laid hands on Ashley. We lay hands. There's throughout the Bible, there's people laying hands on each other, stretching their hands out to people. Why? Well, that's throughout Scripture. That's like this sign, this symbol, this mystery that we are with you. We are in community. We're, we're physically present, praying for you. Where is it in the Bible that says if you have a dead person, you need to lay on them three times? That, well, nowhere. This is, I mean, in fact, this is the very first story in all of scripture of a dead person coming back to life. Did you know that? This is the first time. And, and we'll flash you know, forward to Elisha. We have some stories of healing. Fast forward to the New Testament. We have all kinds of different stories of people coming back to life. But this is this is Elijah being desperate. He lays on this boy, not just laying a hand, but he lays on this boy and he prays once. He prays twice. Again, he prays a third time. He is desperate. Have you ever had to pray desperate prayers before God? Some of you might, I don't know, maybe maybe some of you haven't. God bless you. I think what I'm asking you is, has anybody in here lived? Have you gone to a hospital? Have Have you prayed over someone when there's a hopeless situation? I think of uh, Dina Flanagan, if I could pick on you. Look at your hairdo. Do you remember she was here just, uh, gosh, how long ago was that? A year ago? A year and a half ago? Exactly a year ago to a day, to the day, almost. She was here. She got diagnosed with cancer, and we prayed for her. We stretched out our hands, and we prayed over her. She did the chemo. She lost all her hair. Here she is, a miracle. Like, Have you not prayed prayers like that of desperation? I remember... Launching this church and we here we were a group of people we were had prayer meetings and, and we were a group of people we had a volunteer team and we had we were meeting in the town hall and the city of the city council didn't want us meeting in the town hall they kicked us out basically to the the picnics the picnic area we were meeting in Mansion Pavilion behind City Hall and uh, there's more to it than that they didn't just kick us out but but they, but <laughs> but we had no it was getting colder and colder and we had no place to meet and I was like Lord, prayers of desperation. Lord, what are you doing? Where are we going to meet as a church? And this building opened up and here we are. Praise the Lord. Have you prayed prayers of desperation? Uh, A year or so ago, uh, my wife and I were praying for our niece. Her name's Corin. Many of you know the story. 13 at the time, diagnosed with cancer, given, uh, what were the chances? She doesn't even know given very low chances of surviving. Like she's, she's not gonna make it. And she was in a room with another girl with a similar cancer diagnosis and that other little girl passed away. And we prayed nights, p- praying, crying, like, Lord, would you heal her? And in that case, the Lord did and the Lord healed and his answer was yes. I'm asking you this morning, have you prayed prayers of desperation like this, like Elijah laying his whole body on this little boy praying out of desperation. Did you know that prayers are powerful and effective? I'll tell you one more story. The story the Lord answered, but it was it was a no. And will at the end of the story I'll remind you that I, I still believe God heals and he raises from the dead, and I still believe in prayer that it's powerful and effective. Seventeen years ago, uh, I had a friend who passed away. His name was Ben Couch. He died uh, as a missionary. He I remember him and I having conversations about him going to Nepal. And I was like, are you sure God's calling you to, to Nepal? And his response was, you know what? I, I'm not sure, but I know that if I stay, I will, I, I will just wonder if that's what I should have done. And so I'm going to move to Nepal and I'm going to become a missionary. He had a heart and a passion. He had pictures in his room of the mountains and mountainous people in between Nepal and Tibet, some of the highest mountains in the world. And he had a heart and a call in his life to, to bring the gospel, to tell people that God loves them in that part of the world. And so literally, he sold everything, sold his Jeep, sold his climbing gear. I bought some of it. He sold his tools. I bought some of those. And he sold everything, and he moved to Nepal. Uh, about a year, months later, he was on the road on his motorcycle from one village to another. He was, he was going to tell people about Jesus. And he took a blind corner, a truck coming the other way, like a semi-truck coming. They hit head-on, and he was killed Instantly, I got a call at four something in the morning by his brother, Joe, and, and he said, uh, we, we just got word from the Nepal embassy, uh, my parents got a call saying Ben was in a car, or in a motorcycle accident, killed instantly. And he said, would you, would you get together? We're going to pray. And I said, yeah, let's, let's pray. He said, do you believe that God can raise the dead? I said, I do believe that. And so 20 of us met in my friend's house, Caleb Spears' house, and we prayed, Lord, we believe you can raise the dead. And we didn't even have all the details. We we're like, Lord, maybe this is just a mistake. Lord, you can raise the dead. Or maybe he's just unconscious. Maybe we we're just, just hoping. And, and we were desperate And to lighten the mood, give you some comic relief. So someone was like, hey, does anybody have anything of Ben's? Well, We'll put our hands on that. We're in Colorado. He's in Nepal. We can't lay our hands on Ben. We can lay our hands on something. And so someone was like, hey, I got some of Ben's old work pants. And so we we laid his work pants on the on the living room floor. And just even even today I bring that up. Remember when we put Ben's pants on the floor and we put our hands on his pants and prayed? And it's just like comic relief in this whole story. It's like, where does it say in the Bible to pray over somebody's pants? I could tell you it doesn't. But but we were desperate we were crying out in the early morning hours the sun isn't even up yet we got 20 people gathered we get this was like before text messaging was popular we were making calls and getting people together we were desperate we prayed that ben would be raised from the dead that this nightmare would just just make itself undone and the lord answered and the answer was no and ben's brother ben's dad They flew out, there was funeral arrangements, his body was cremated, they spread his ashes over that region in Nepal, and I'm here to tell you that that even though in that day, the answer was no, God did not raise him from the dead, I still believe in prayer, I still believe God answers prayers, and I still believe that God will raise the dead, Amen. amen? In this story, the story that we're reading this morning, the answer for Elijah when God called for this boy's life to return to him, that day God answered and the answer was yes. God answered Elijah and it was a yes and there was rejoicing and he brings this boy down. Can you imagine the moment where a boy that went upstairs dead comes down in the arms of Elijah alive and Elijah hands this boy to his mother Here's what she says, verse 24, now I know, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. But you got to take a step back from the story and be like, didn't she already know that? I mean, wasn't she there every day when she reached into that container of flour and pulled out? Enough for that day, and there's not enough for tomorrow. But the next day, she reached down into that container of flour, and there was more. So it was an ancient like preview of the fish and the loaves that out of the basket would come more and more food for five thousand people. This was a a hint towards that. This contained didn't she already know? But isn't that human nature, to to have these highs with the Lord and the mountaintop experiences of faith, and then the very next day to doubt? to wonder if God is even there, to wonder if God is even real. If you haven't lived like that, if you haven't experienced desperation like that, of these highs and these lows, well, well maybe you will. I, I, I pray that, that the Lord blesses you and you don't have these moments of desperation in your life, but Elijah even does. In two weeks, we're gonna, uh, next week, we're gonna talk about the story of him calling down fire. The week after that is chapter 19, where Elijah questions his even existence. He call, he calls down this curse upon himself. God, just let me die. He wonders if there's anyone left of faith. He wonders if there's anyone else left that is a prophet. If he's the only one. Baal has all these other prophets, and I'm nobody from nowhere, and he questions his own life, he questions God, he questions what he's even doing. It's like, how is this the same guy that calls down fire? How is this the same guy that seemingly, like a couple months ago, he prayed over a dead boy, and the boy came back to life, and now he's questioning God and where he is? I said on Wednesday, I was talking to some people at the, the Manitou Springs pantry, which happens on Wednesdays. It's a wonderful uh, uh, thing. It's in another church, St. Andrews in Manitou. And it's some of our volunteers. Lorelai, I see you over there. And Jenny, I see you right there. They help. Gunner was with me on Wednesday. It's a wonderful volunteer outreach. To, the, the just we, we talk with people, we give them food, people come, and we fill their, you know, bags up with food. And I was talking to somebody about uh, church. He said, where, where do you go to church? So said, yeah, actually, I'm a pastor at a church. And he said, oh yeah, what are you preaching on? And t- truly, he seemed like he was interested. I said, oh, I'm preaching on Elijah. He's one of my favorite characters. Why is he one of your favorite characters? Well, because he's complex. Like we have these high highs where he's raising a boy to life. And then like the next couple pages, he's wanting to die. He's questioning God. And, and I, I said, it's like we, we see his high highs and then we see his depression. And, and the guy kind of called me on it. He said, whoa, now are you a clinical psychologist to know that Elijah had depression? And I, I I took a step back. I said, you're right, you're right. I don't know that Elijah was clinically diagnosed with depression. The story's like 3,000 years old. But what I can say is he, here's a complex man. Here's here's someone like with the human experience that that all of us are like, yeah, we've had good days where we are praising God and lifting our hands and and everything is awesome. And then we have days where we question. And it, sometimes those days are a day apart where we even question, is God even here? Is God even see me? Is God even real? Like Elijah goes through these things, a very complex character, and yet he is commended in the New Testament as, as not this superhero prophet person, but as a person just like us who prayed earnestly. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It could even raise the dead. Here's this last point. God will raise the dead to life. Let me tell you something I've learned about uh, praying and, and seeing and reading about people that are dead and then coming to life um, there's there's two different terms, I, w- I would say. They both start with R. Uh, resurrection, and then there's resuscitation. Resuscitation, in the case of this boy that Elijah prays for, that's resuscitation. He came back to life. Maybe some of you have... Uh, heard of stories or known someone I've known of people who said they were dead in the hospital flatlined heart rate flatlined brain uh, no response and then they bring out the what do they call the paddles and they're clear and they're shocked back to they were dead and then they're alive Uh, and it's like what what happened there well that was a resuscitation, brought back to life. Lazarus would be an example of this. Three days in the tomb, Jesus comes by the tomb and says, Lazarus, come out. What happens? He comes out of the tomb. He is resuscitated back to life. Let me say something really obvious about this, about resuscitations. Let me say something really obvious about healings. um, And that is that all healings and resuscitations are Temporary, I mean think about it I mean I'm saying something pretty obvious, right like if you someone has a disease and we pray over them and they're miraculously healed, like doctors are just like, Wow we don't know what happened. this is hard to explain. Uh, this could be a miracle like like doctors will sometimes admit that and say that we you must have a you know church that's praying for you because we don't know how to explain this, but the cancer's gone or this has happened, and we, we we saw this on the x-ray and now we don't and we don't know how to explain this, you know. That eventually that same person will die of something else, right? Like I'm, I'm not. I mean, this is obvious, right? Um, but healings are temporary. That's resuscitations even are temporary. Think about Lazarus. He's he's not around anymore. He he died again. This boy, he was raised back to life, but this story is three thousand ish years old, and he's no longer with us. He he died. Um, and then this all kind of like, yeah, obvious. Where are you going with this? Our true hope is not in resuscitations and healings. Our true hope is in the ultimate resurrection, a new body. Jesus died. He was in the grave for three days, and he wasn't resuscitated back to life. He was resurrected. Do you know the difference? He's re- resurrected with a new body. He had his, his nail marks in his hand, and people could touch him. He wasn't a ghost. And yet he could walk through walls. And it's hard to explain. Paul tries to explain. He says, oh, it's like a seed. A seed, you look at it and it's dead, but you plant it in the ground. And then up comes a new, a different kind of life for flesh, a plant. It's a plant out of a seed. And Paul tries to explain this. And it's it. there's a mystery here of what resurrection, what the heaven will be like. And all of our prayers for for healing, for faith, for, for they, they, they will be fulfilled at the resurrection. And it's with this hope that I could say, you know, the, the friend I lost 17 years ago, Ben, the Lord's answer for his resuscitation 17 years ago was no, but he's resurrected. And I, I believe and hope that that we will all, with Jesus, rise, be resurrected to new life. Can you say amen to that? Can you let that sink in? That, that, that God... He sent his son Jesus, died, and resurrected. And the promise of Jesus is that just as I was resurrected, I will resurrect you from the dead. Would you stand with me this morning? The band can come up. They're going to lead us in a song. The communion team, you guys can come forward as well. And I want you to, to slow down your, your rhythm right now and consider that prayer is powerful and effective. Consider that every week we come forward, we receive of these elements the body the blood and we remember Christ's death well why would you why would we remember Christ's death well because when he died he rose again he was resurrected and the death he died and the resurrection he came up from the grave with is the promise he gives to us that we will rise from the dead because of the work he did on the cross and the grave he came out of, he will bring us up out of that grave. We're going to sing a song. It's a, it's a song, uh, an old song, a hymn. And there's something about old songs that remind us of God's faithfulness in generations of old. And they remind us of faithfulness in this room, young and old, Um, that the Lord has been faithful to us, that throughout the years we could see at different moments that that prayer is powerful and effective. My prayer this morning as we come forward, we're going to come through the lines, Uh, we're going to receive the elements, the cup. Would you receive it? And would you just go back to where you're seated and hold it? I'll come back up. We'll all take it in unison at the same time. But my prayer this morning, that I pray is powerful and effective, is that we would receive these elements, Christ's body and Christ's blood, and we will remember the sacrifice he made. So, Lord, we pray to you now. We thank you for this body. It's your body, broken for us, the body of Christ. And, Lord, we thank you that this is the gift of God for the people of God. So, Lord, we come humbly. We receive this meal all of us in here that, that believe in you, we, we, we come forward, we receive this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's receive.
1: Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love. The great unchangeable I am The King of glory and of grace One with Himself I cannot die My soul is purchased by His blood My life is here with Christ on high With Christ my Savior and my God With Christ my Savior and my God Hallelujah
4: take the bread out with me and remember that Christ's body was broken for you his his body on the cross was broken he was killed and as we eat this we remember that he was also raised from the dead and so it's with that hope that we receive this would you eat it with me we also take the cup we remember that Christ's blood was shed for us, that he said, this is a cup of a new covenant, my blood shed for you, and we remember that Christ's blood shed for us is actually a reminder that the grave couldn't hold him, that he was resurrected, and he promised, Lord, you promised that you will bring us up out of our own graves, resurrected to new life, and so we drink this cup, the cup of a new covenant, and we remember you, Father. Lord, we praise your name this morning. We are humbled that, that prayer to you is powerful and effective. Lord, we thank you that, that you give us this ability to talk to you, to ask you for things. and You, you tell us that you will answer. You will, you will come and you will provide and you will heal and you will even raise the dead to new life. So, Lord, we proclaim your name in this space and we leave here knowing that you are the God who can raise the dead. We praise your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's people said, amen. Well, like I said, we're going to pray for people Let's come forward. We'd love to pray with you and talk with you about things going on in your life. There'll be a prayer team and myself down here. If you're new or newish, I see a couple new faces. Uh, we would love to give you a gift. You could scan the QR code if you're into that, on your phone, fill out a little guest card with as much or as little information as you want to give us. Or you could see Kelly, who's going right back there, hi, Kelly, to the visitor table. We have a gift for you. You could fill out a paper version if you would rather do that. If you do the QR code, tell us we have a gift for you, even if you're just visiting. This one time, we have a gift for you. It's a little devotional, it's a book, and, and so we'd love to, for you to have that. A couple other announcements uh, tomorrow is a potluck for New Life Manor 2 volunteers, and so uh, it's, it looks about like every couple months we get together and we have a meal together for volunteers. It's going to be at our house, and the theme is Thanksgiving. You should have got an email about that if you're like, Hey, How do you get to go to the pastor's house and have a potluck? Well, it's actually not an exclusive club. It's our volunteer team. And anybody can go online and fill out a volunteer application. And we would love to have you. Lots of opportunities to serve at this church. So it's an open invite. Next announcement is our men's group right here this Thursday, 630. We're going to be studying the word of God as men. So if you're a man in here, any men in here, any at all? Okay, there you are. Right here, 6.30, we got the best men's group in the entire world right here, world's best uh, right here. Uh, Your last announcement is in two Tuesdays, we're going to have our Manitou live recording that we're going to make an album out of. And I would love to see 100% attendance Tuesday, 6.30, it's November 14th right here uh, if you're want to be part of the choir we're gonna do a choir they're not going to be on the stage they're gonna be down here and so we're, we're calling it the praise pit not to be conv- it's not a mosh pit it's a <laughs> praise pit uh, come to talk to Erica or anybody on the band they'll tell you uh, there's like a rehearsal the day before we would love to have you be a part of that and proclaim and sing and your voices end up uh, on the album and then for the recording on the 14th so let me pray a blessing over you if you're okay with it, would you just hold your hands up uh, open like this to receive this blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.